Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm. This is Lee. I am so glad you've joined me today. I want to do a radio reader edition on inspections. There have been several questions on inspections. It's taken me a while to get around to it. And actually, I recorded an entire episode. I think it was on Monday. I worked all weekend on Monday for you guys. And I was reading an article on inspections. And by the time I got to the end of it and listened back, I was just reading so fast and sounded so tense and I thought the last thing everybody needs in the world right now is a podcast to make them uptight. (laughs) So in fact, I found myself at various times lately when my anxiety has been high of just turning on the beekeeper's corner with Kevin England because he's so slow and steady and it's just calming to me. So I didn't want to stress you guys out. So I put that one in the trash. And the other thing was the article that I had picked out, which is a good article. Now let me pause here and give a plug to subscribing to your bee journals. I think over time you learn so much by subscribing to the bee journals. My personal favorite is American Bee Journal. There's nothing to that. I just happen to have have enjoyed it a lot. I subscribe to both Bee Culture and American Bee Journal. And I hope to add a digital subscription to one of the beekeeping journals in the UK because I've come across some really interesting articles there. I have to give a shout out for digital subscriptions. Oh my gosh, this is just wonderful. If you happen to read on a pad especially, they look good and they're easy to read. For example, American Bee Journal, you can get a year of digital subscription for $16. You can also get a three-month subscription for like $3.99, $3.99. And when you get that subscription, it gives you access to six years of back issues. So if you <laughs> if you are one of the people that have a lot of time on your hands right now, you could really do a bunch of reading. But for $16 a year to have access to whenever just something crosses my mind to be able to dig around in six years worth of beekeeping magazine, I highly recommend it. So the article that I was going to read you, the author's last name is Ellis. Um, I can't think of his first name right this second. It's a very good inspection article. In fact, let me look over here and see what that is because I do want to tell you about it. Okay. The article that I had attempted to read to you was Field Guide to Beekeeping Conducting a Hive Inspection by Jamie Ellis. And if I remember correctly, it's this is in July 2017. The title is Field Guide to Beekeeping Conducting a Hive Inspection by Jamie Ellis. It goes through very blow by blow, item by item. And the reason I had picked it out, a friend of mine mentioned a tip she found in this article had changed the way she did inspections. And I have to admit this one tip changed the way I did inspections too after I heard it last year. And that is this simple thing that when you go in, instead of taking out the frame that's closest to you, usually that's the one up against the wall, usually it's a honey frame. In a big fat grown-up hive, it is often going to be heavily propolized, a heavy frame, and sometimes with very fat shoulders for that where they've drawn out the comb to hold the honey. And so it's a very difficult frame to get out. And so in this article, he talks about instead of going for that frame, go from the, for the second frame from the wall. And that, that you usually, usually it's a mixed frame, maybe some pollen, maybe some brood. But either way, it's generally speaking in a brood box, it's, it's usually not as fat and difficult to get out as the first frame. So go to frame number two and take that one out carefully. You know, you can move your frames apart, take that one out carefully, put it on your frame rest or set it aside depending on what you do and go from there because then you've got the room to move the frames around. And once I started doing that, I'm like, why? (laughs) 
why did I always pull frame number one out just out of habit when I'm doing a complete inspection? Now, just full disclosure, and this is uh, something for the maybe second and third year beekeepers who have overwintered grown-up hives. I inspect a lot less than I did when I was new. Of course, when you're new, you're trying to figure it all out, and you're going through frame by frame, and every side of every frame is a new discovery. And that is important, as long as you don't do it too much when they're starting out. A bigger hive, a full-grown hive, they can handle it better, but it is still a setback. And I did some accidental experiments. <laughs> That's uh, when you forget to do things, and then you're like, oh, I totally forgot to look at that hive. I skipped it for several weeks. And not several weeks. I skipped it for at least uh, uh, the around where it should have been inspected at least every 10 days in the in the season. And, and it turns out that you really can. You can see the hives that for whatever reason you've had to get in and mess with, maybe something was going on with them. It definitely is a bit of a setback to be messed with, even if you put everything back the way it is, which of course is a number one rule to put it back the way the bees have it, unless you have a very known and specific reason for doing otherwise. And by the way, just let me say um, for the patrons, within the next couple of days, I'm going to do a recording over there, which is just talking you through how I do an inspection, maybe some more information that might be helpful to you. So that's a special goodie for the patrons over at patreon.com slash five apple. And then today I'm going to be reading. Okay, so I was telling you the story about this long article that I read too fast, so fast that I couldn't even stand it. <laughs> I didn't read all of it. I was reading excerpts and then I was telling you stories in between. It was just a big mess and I just dumped that recording. But what I found is other than that fabulous tip and the other good tip that I got out of here is to keep a gallon jug of water out there. And when I first saw that on his list in that article, I thought, is that for drinking? I mean, that's really good for the beekeeper <laughs> and it is good for the beekeeper, but it, he had it out there to wash your hands and your hive tool. Also, I might say it might be good to have a little jug of water if you set something on fire with your smoker, you know, to have some water there. What that reminded me of was in cleaning your hive tool and your hands between hives. This is really a big deal. <laughs> this was where you needed hand washing long before hand washing became so cool lately. And that is you want to be careful not to transmit any kind of germs of any kind or viruses or whatever in between hives. And so a simple habit to get into is between each hive inspection to clean your hands and your hive tool of the propolis and all the junk that gets on there. Before hand sanitizer was such a rare and precious commodity, I kept a squirt bottle of hand sanitizer in my bee box, which is now running really really low and because it that hand sanitizer stuff now remember it can be flammable but it it will take the um wax and propolis off the hive tool pretty darn easy with some paper towels like you roll the paper towels in my supply box out there but since i can't use hand sanitizer as freely as i used to now i'm just trying to get in the habit of in between hives set my smoker down open it up and i stick my hive tool down in there my hive tool i do use both ends my favorite one is the kind with a little pointy the little tiny pointy hook on the end so i stick the blunt the wide end down in there you know let it get well singed then very carefully not burning my hands stick the skinny end 
down in there, let it get singed, and then I lay it down to let it cool off. I always have at least two hive tools out in the yard, so one can be kind of cooling while I use the other one and vice versa, and that way it keeps your hive tool clean. So that was another little uh, goodie that in Ellis's article, which I would recommend you read, but it was pretty overwhelming, I think, in hindsight. I mean, he goes through like each item. He uses a bunch of items that I don't and that you just don't have to. So that might be making it too complicated. And it was definitely really long, which I guess this will be if I don't get to the content. <laughs> So anyway, I so I kind of changed my mind and was looking for an article to read you that was maybe a little bit different. And this is a great one. I found this again in American Bee Journal. Let me see if I can figure out what. This article is in the November 2018 issue of American Bee Journal. And it is called A Visual Approach to Record Keeping, Drawing Your Hive Inspections by Jennifer Radke. And that's R-A-D-T-K-E. So R-A-D is in dog, T is in Tom, K-E. It is a very interesting article. I have my own note-taking system that I've kind of got down. But if I had had this idea back when I first started, I think it would have been really informative because basically she's talking about making rough sketches of what you discovered in each box, in particular where the brood frames are, you know, on what the honey they have. So she does this rough sketch. This is where if you can get the article in November 2018 American Bee Journal, you can see her drawings. They're nothing fancy, but they're very informative. And I will say when I've taken care of other people's hives, and they were reading off to me their notes on what had been going on in that hive that that they wanted me to look out for. It was very hard, I think, to hear all those words and to put it together. And these little sketches, which you could easily send, you know, you could take a picture of with your cell phone and send it to somebody if, if for whatever reason they were helping you with your beehive. Let me read some of this to you. So this article by Jennifer Radke, A Visual Approach to Record Keeping, Drawing Your Hive Inspection. So here's the article. Backyard beekeepers can take the time to watch their bees and learn a lot in the process. You can take classes, read books, and watch all the YouTube videos in the world. But ultimately, the bees are the best teachers. When you document your hive over time, you can see how the colony develops and what behaviors the bees engage in at what time of year. Tracking the location and size of the brood nest is of particular interest as you can see the colony grow and shrink in response to the food supply and the hours of daylight. Building up on this detailed type of information over a couple of years helps the beekeeper learn to work within the colony's natural instincts. The beekeeper will more intuitively know when to move frames or boxes around to help the colony grow and thrive. Records help me learn to anticipate what the bees will do next instead of being surprised and frustrated. When I started taking notes on my hives, I immediately started drawing pictures rather than writing a bunch of words. It takes time to read over notes. It takes a quick glance at one of my drawings just before I inspect to know exactly what I need to do. The basics. Let's go through some basic drawings to give you inspiration for your own. Below is a basic drawing of the nuke I started with on May 20th of this year when I moved to Minneapolis. They are carniolan bees with Minnesota hygienic trait. The hive is named Bled after a town located in Carniola, now Slovenia, where part of my ancestors come from. By June 10th, the colony had grown substantially. As you can see at the top, I put the date of the inspection, 61018, and the hive name, Bled. If your hive can be defensive, you may also want to add the time of the inspection, approximate temperature and weather to track if that has any bearing on their defensiveness. Next, I draw the brood nest. It is so important to know 
exactly where the brood nest is located. There are so many reasons. You know where to look for larvae and eggs to confirm you have a laying queen. You can make sure there are enough empty frames for the queen to expand her brood nest so the hive doesn't swarm. It makes it easy to find a brood frame to test for mites with a sugar or alcohol roll. And if you need to do a mite treatment, you know the correct place to apply the mite away quick strip to make it effective. If I notate frames of brood, it assumes that I saw eggs and larvae. If I saw only capped brood, I would label the brood only capped brood. I make a couple of notes under next steps. A couple of days before I inspect, I look at these next steps so I have the time to get the equipment ready to carry them out. <laughs> oh, I wish I was that organized. On the right is the same hive on 7518 with honey boxes. My quick notation is H equals honey or nectar, P equals pollen, B equals brood. For example, if we look at the second box from the bottom, we can read it from the left. A brood frame, surprise, a honey frame, six frames of brood where I spotted the queen, a drone frame, and a honey frame. I'm planning on making a nuke from this colony, so I marked where the food supplies like pollen and honey were located. This will let me find them quickly next time so I can put them in a nuke. I don't usually use a queen excluder, so they do have one brood frame up in the super like a rebellious teenager. I don't mind as long as they stop putting brood up there when they start shrinking their brood nest. Having a brood frame up high can be advantageous as it allows me to do a super quick inspection by just looking at this frame. If it has eggs and larvae on it, I know my queen's still alive. I can then sugar roll test from this frame and close the hive back up without looking at anything else. So I've noted exactly where the frame is in the hive. The inspection is super fast and to the point. When I inspect, I am focused on four things listed below. These four things are going to show up in my drawings in the following ways. One, larvae and eggs to verify if there is a laying queen. Drawings, if brood is listed, then this assumes I saw eggs and larvae. And let me pause here, but this is Lee, because that is really important. That is really often the number one thing of the reason why you're inspecting is just to make sure that your queen's still there and still laying. And instead of wasting the time looking for her, unless you just happen to see her, it's really more important to look and see if there are eggs and little tiny white larvae in there, because that way you know she's been there within the last few days. Back to the article two. Hive size. Assessing whether the size of the wooden ware matches the population of the bees. This lets me assess when I need to add boxes because the hive is growing or take off boxes when the population shrinks in late summer, early fall. The drawings. I will note if the hive looks very full. Under next steps, I will say add or subtract a box. 3. Varroa mite level. I test regularly using the sugar roll. Drawings. I write the mite level up on top. It's always per 300 bees, my actual result of the sugar roll test. Item 4. Food supply. Do they have enough pollen and honey in the hive? Drawings. I can see how much honey they have. I make a note if the larvae look dry, indicating there's a shortage of pollen. And this is just a little aside too. That noticing if the larvae look dry is something it took me a long time to learn. And if you learn it fast, it will help you. If you look in there and you see little larvae in the bottom of the cell and it's just dry as a bone, something is wrong. They're not getting something they need. On the other hand, if you look and all the larvae have this wonderful fat milky dollop of liquid in there with them, I've heard that called milk brood, and that is a best case scenario. You know that your hive's well fed. Okay, back to the article. Pictures are really great for when you do splits. You can just draw arrows of which boxes went where. 
below is an example with the nuke i made but just showing arrows with frames as it was a small split the original inspection on july fifth is in one color purple i use a second color pink to indicate what i used to make the nuke on july eleventh with a glance you can see the difference in exactly what type of manipulations i did and i realized that this article is much better with the drawings but it was such a cool idea and i hope you will look it up if you happen to uh, subscribe and if you don't subscribe consider getting that three ninety nine for three months deal all right back to the article what qualifies as a brood frame i teach beekeepers and a few of my bee apprentices got very detailed about what was on a frame i would ask them what was on the frame and they would answer ten percent pollen twenty five percent honey and the rest brood i don't care about all the other stuff just that it's a brood frame if a frame has over fifty percent brood on it to me it's a brood frame if less than fifty percent brood i may note half brood or quarter brood note i rarely have frames with less than fifty percent brood as i keep my brood frames open for brood to prevent swarming if the frame becomes filled with more than fifty percent honey i move it to the outside so the bees can fill it all with honey when that batch of brood hatches out more details for beginning beekeepers i recommend to beginning beekeepers that during their first couple of years their main activity is to watch and listen closely to the bees this means paying attention to when you get a guard bee on your veil and what you did a few seconds before to cause it it means <laughs> sorry i had to pause here the recording cord got tangled in merkel's tail who's in my lap so i had to get that out okay back to the article it means listening when the sound goes up a notch in the hive indicating that it's time to close up the hive it means noticing when there are deformed wings on a bee and that means it's time to do a mite test let me pause here one of the things for beginners that can be upsetting is you hear this really loud buzzing when you're inspecting and it takes a while to realize those uh, ones that sound like b52 bees those are your drones and a lot of times they're coming back in to the hive and you are inspecting and this loud buzzing is around you but it's not aggressive it's not guard bees so learn to notice the difference between your regular bees and then those loud drone sounds that's a drone sounds a beautiful sound because it means that your season is happening paying very close attention during your beginning years will allow you to read the attitudes and intentions of your bees very quickly in later years even after 14 years of beekeeping if i watch and listen closely when i inspect a hive i always learn something new plus it's fun to go through the hive slowly watch your queen lay and really look at the frames and bees my first bee apprentices really enjoyed going through frame by frame and detailing exactly what was on the frame 10% pollen 25% honey 65% brood they said it really helped them understand the bees and where they are putting things they could also see the changes as the year went on for the first few years of beekeeping it may be helpful to go into more detail with your drawings and and notate every frame here's an example of what my bled hive from 6 10 18 but with greater detail in this case i was particularly interested in making sure there was room for the queen to lay they do have one frame of nectar in the middle of their brood nest but there are some empty cells they also recently drew out wax on two new frames and the queen laid eggs in them going into greater detail helps you see the cycles of the hive in this case i shaded in the worker brood frames so that you can see the brood nest or their 
proverbial forest more clearly and not get lost in the trees or all the detail one of my apprentices made each item honey pollen cat brood eggs a color and color coded her drawings this individual went into great detail on each frame pollen honey brood each noted in a different color go into as much detail as you find useful at the same time make sure to see the big picture and the shape and the size of the brood nest how do you remember it all if you have an inspection partner one of you can notate while the other inspects one of my apprentices who inspects solo records herself on the phone and goes back and listens to it and draws it out i have a great short-term and spatial memory so after inspecting i can quickly make drawings of the hive if i inspect multiple hives i need to stop between hives and make the drawing or i will forget what i saw in the first hive when i inspect the second for the detailed frame-by-frame -frame inspection above i needed to video myself inspecting so i could remember every single frame and this is uh, uh, an aside there are a lot of people who record themselves either a voice recorder during the inspection when you're a beginner that might be helpful what i do is i do a quick video of nothing in particular just like i have the hive closed back up and just because it's easy on my phone to find those i just do a quick video uh, i of the of facing that hive and talk about what i saw and that way i can glance at the video know which hive i'm talking about and then later make the notes if i'm very disciplined that day and happen to have my clipboard right there with me i'll make the notes directly on that okay back to the article tracking over the years you can look back over the last couple of years and consolidate your information together for example i counted brood frames from august to october in my four hives to see when they would shrink down their brood nest slightly this was in oakland california so they have two boxes of brood going through winter wow that's amazing but they have more brood in spring and summer after tracking a couple of years it seemed like september marked the time when most of my colonies shrink their brood nest slightly the reason i was tracking brood nest was to differentiate if higher mite levels were due to the bees naturally shrinking their brood nest or if the mites were coming from other hives in the area i tracked mite levels every year as well in 2015 mite levels rose to treatment thresholds in september in 2016 they rose in august in 2017 they rose mid-july this year it seems they are staying low so far i work with numerous apprentices who are learning beekeeping from me to help us better understand mite pressure in our area i make up a spreadsheet i shared it on my google drive with the apprentices so they could put in their mite counts this is a great way to see mite counts on a local level and so she goes into their coding that they use and her bio and so there's just a few more paragraphs left that i'm going to skip but her bio says jennifer radke has been keeping bees for 14 years five years ago she created a beekeeping education program for urban backyard beekeepers at the biofuel oasis cooperative in berkeley check out her beekeeping videos and photos on instagram instagram.com slash jennifer redkey and that's r-a-d-t-k-e so i hope you might have enjoyed some of that radio reader episode i know it was kind of a weird one to pick since it's about drawing and they and there there are drawings in this article i will do a screenshot and put those up on the show notes just so you can kind of get an idea because it, it really is pretty cool what she's done so i'm going to draw this to a close again patrons thank you so much for being a supporter and as a bonus thank you i will do an additional podcast sometime this week and post it at patreon of just what i tend to do in an inspection and it's nothing fancy but just for kicks i'll tell you how i go through an inspection all right 
you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Take care of yourself and each other. I'm wishing you all well, and I'll see you back here soon.